Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast here on Legal Talk Network. If you were looking for season two of True Detective, uh, maybe you should just focus on listening to this podcast instead. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're Rosanna Arquette, you're desperately seeking Susan. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa. And in addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots and predictive analytics built specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. Lastly, you can listen to my other, other podcast. Yes, I have two. The other one's called The Lobby List, a family travel show I host with my wife, Jessica, on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and comment. It's truly wonderful. But here on The Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month, soon to be twice each month, with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about lawyer ratings and reviews, which most attorneys have a love-hate relationship with. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. First, I'd like to thank our newest sponsor, TimeSolve. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. To find out more, visit their website at www.timesolve.com. So that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V, no E, dot com. Next, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central. Cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. In addition, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Scorpion. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AnswerOne. AnswerOne is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-ONE or online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer1.com. Thank you, sponsors. And my guest today is Sarah Smarage. Sarah is a senior marketing consultant at ARAG, which is a leading provider of legal insurance globally. Now, notice how I said that. Everyone, I just want you to be aware, it's ARAG and not ARAG. In her role, Sarah develops and initiates marketing strategies that increase awareness of legal insurance to bridge the access gap for consumers and attorneys, which we know is significant. Sarah has 15 years of experience working with public relations agencies and creative agencies. Welcome to the big show, Sarah Smarage. Well, thank you, Jared. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. And you sound great. I know you got a tremendous microphone over there, so this can be a wonderful show. Sarah, you're based in probably one of my favorite locales in the entire United States, Iowa. I'm in Iowa a lot, actually. So I want you to explain, if you will, because I don't think the rest of America knows this, how delicious are tenderloin sandwiches? 
Well, it is the ultimate guilty pleasure of the Midwest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many tenderloins would you say you eat in a year? And no, no shame here at all. If it's like 100, I'd be very impressed. Oh, no. Um, I don't eat them as frequently as I used to. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where I have to make better nutritional choices than that on a daily <laughs> basis. But certainly uh, at our annual Iowa State Fair, which if, if your listeners have not attended, they should definitely put it on their bucket list. I agree. Um, you would definitely want to be getting a tenderloin sandwich at the Iowa State Fair. So for those who don't know, tenderloin sandwich is like flattened pork tenderloin, mm-hmm. breaded, fried, yep. and in between like a hamburger bun. And I don't know about you, but every time I go out there, they get bigger and bigger. Like the last time I was out there, this thing was like the size of a hubcap and I ate like a quarter of it. Yes. Imagine a plate-sized tenderloin between a normal-sized bun. So by the time yeah, by the time you get to the bun, you're full. Yeah, you're really like you're really like trying to get to the center so you can hold the bun. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. All right, that was some good tenderloin talk. Should we talk about the legal industry as well? Sure. All right. <laughs> so as I mentioned in the intro, I think it's probably true that most lawyers have this love hate relationship with online reviews. Right? They love the good ones, they hate the bad ones, and there's very little in the middle. So most law firms, however do not try to take advantage of or control that review process in any way. So how, Sarah, can lawyers better manage the process of collecting and also, which I think is another important point, promoting those reviews that they receive? Well, of course, I think the most important thing is to provide high-quality legal service. We all know that. But what many Mm -hmm. attorneys don't realize, it's so important to also provide top-notch customer service. Yeah. Jordan Furlong wrote a great book, uh, Law is a Buyer's Market, and one of my favorite quotes in his book, he talks about how the law firm interacts with its clients, how they interact with their clients is almost as important as the quality and effectiveness of what the firm delivers. This is one of the most important realities to emerge from the rise of the buyer in the legal market. So it's very, very important for attorneys to develop that desk side manner. Often that's the piece where there's a gap to first make a human connection, take the time to build rapport with your client um, when comparing the perspectives of attorneys and clients during uh, the initial phase of a client relationship. We found attorneys are so focused on collecting the facts to determine whether or not they're going to take the case that they are missing the piece that clients are most focused on, which is to assess whether the attorney really cares about them Are they going to give them their full attention, and can they trust them? So I think that is where there's a gap that the really great attorneys that get really great reviews and ratings, they've closed that gap, and they've put the focus on the client in that initial intake and then throughout the rest of their uh, experience together. A nice shout-out to Jordan Furlong, one of my favorite people. Oh, we love Jordan. People should read his books, yes. Very good. Okay, so... You've talked a little bit about that. So let's move on and talk about like when you're collecting reviews, you want the good ones and not the bad ones. So what specific steps can attorneys take to ensure they're getting like mostly positive reviews, not just reviews, a mixed bag? Right. Um, well, in you know, addition to the setting, uh, making a human connection, I think it's important that they show empathy, understand the client could be in a challenging emotional state, disoriented and confused. They're in a train that they know nothing about. So they are really putting all their trust in you. So acknowledge those feelings and assure your client that you're there to help. Third, set expectations. 
um, state what you expect from the clients and what they can expect from you. This transparency up front will help alleviate the communication issues down the road. Uh, a lot of the feedback we get from our plan members is their expectations on the frequency of communication. Often they want updates more frequent than they are receiving them from their attorney. So I think mm, if you yeah. set that expectation up front, depending on what type of case it is, they might need a daily update, they might need a weekly update or a monthly update, depending on how quickly a case might move forward. So I think being really upfront about that with your client and let them know how often they should expect to hear from you will do a lot to further their perception of the kind of service you're providing. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the most common ethical complaints too. The attorneys it just is. don't get back in touch with their clients. So not only is it a malpractice avoidance technique, it's also a good way to get good reviews. It absolutely is. Uh, we conducted a, a research survey with the American Bar Association uh, towards the end of last year. And when we asked attorneys what their greatest communication challenges were, 30% of the attorneys reported expectations and response speed was their number one challenge. 27% yeah. cited creating an understanding with the client of how the process works. And then the other 15% said expectations on frequency of communication. So again, expectations of how fast, how often, and how it works. Those are the areas that both highly successful and the not so successful attorneys, they all tend to dip in those areas when we look at ratings and reviews from our plan members. So yeah. that's, that's definitely an area that if you can become an expert in that area, you shouldn't have problems with ratings and reviews. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's true. Like being a good customer service law firm, Mm -hmm. covers up a lot of warts, without a doubt. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that we know that to practice law, you get, you know, many years of education, and you have a, a ton of experience and, and knowledge base to provide that service. Our plan members expect that. That's a given in their mind, that you have all those skills. So then it's how you treat them during the journey that is really what's going to make you memorable in either a positive or negative way. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about that because that's an interesting point. I think the failing that most lawyers have as business people is that they think that their technical skills as an attorney are what's going to carry them. And you're right. I think right. most most people expect you graduate law school, right? You should have yeah. learned something, probably. Yeah. So why is it then more likely that consumers are more likely to rate lawyers on their communication skills rather than their technical legal skills? Because I think that's like the yeah. consumers and lawyers are like two shits passing in the night on this. One expectation is one way, the other goes entirely a different way. You're absolutely right. Attorney-client communication is a significant part of the legal experience. It's like eating out. You can go to a four-star restaurant and have this wonderful experience and this wonderful meal, but if the service is bad, if the food comes out late, if they don't bring your coffee until you know 30 minutes after you asked for it, your, your whole experience can be tainted. Same thing happens in the legal world. When we looked at the feedback our clients give us on attorney reviews, it was clear that communication and customer service are equally important as the attorney's expertise, knowledge, and overall quality of work. And sometimes it's more memorable. It really could be your unique differentiator is mm -hmm. how you treat that client. And when I say that, I think it's also important to remind attorneys it's the entire client experience. So that includes the person that answers your phone. It includes the person that greets your client when they come to your office. That includes the person that handles billing. Everyone in your firm, whether it be one person or five or 20 people in your firm, every interaction 
the client has with your firm is setting their perception and will affect the ratings and reviews they will give you as the person who represents your firm. Mm -hmm. So it's people, it's processes, and we're going to talk about that shortly as well. Yes. Um, Let me take a moment to work on my communication skills, and today we're going to take a short break. Here are some things you should buy. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. FirmCentral cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With FirmCentral, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Thanks for staying. I put my feet up and so should you. I'm here talking with Sarah Smarage of ARAG. We're here to discuss ratings and reviews for lawyers. So I think one of the things that lawyers don't necessarily understand is that not everybody's going to write a review. In fact, most people are not. People are busy. Writing reviews is not something that's on their priority list, even assuming excellent service. So they need to be prompted and prodded a little bit. So how can lawyers encourage their clients to submit reviews without seeming like they're being overbearing? That's a great question, Jared. Uh, Many attorneys I've spoke with tell me, I just expect that my clients will tell their friends and family, my business is built on word of mouth. And if Mm. they think I did a good job, I hope and expect that they'll tell others. I think we are living in a time now where you need to do more than just hope and expect that that will happen. Um, I think you can encourage your clients to leave reviews and share information about you with their friends, family, neighbors, colleagues. And I think it's in in an attorney's best interest to do so. Here are a few tips to help solo small practice attorneys make the request. Ah, Uh, First of all, I would say know the review sites clients are most likely to visit and the ones that you're friendly with, where you might already have a presence a profile and some ratings and reviews, and encourage your clients to leave reviews on those sites. And also, it's very important to track and monitor online reviews. You can't improve based on the feedback from a client if you're not tracking it. So make sure you're tracking to see what people have to say about you or anyone else in your firm. Try to weave making the ask for feedback and reviews into your daily routine and client process. Mm. It's easier to achieve a goal if you incorporate small steps into your daily routine and just bring it up. Bring it up uh, if there's a place uh, where they can provide feedback about your service. Let them know from the beginning and throughout the process. But don't suddenly ask all of your clients for reviews. So if if you decide (laughs) that your New Year's resolution is, I want to get reviews up and going to help build my online presence, do not send a notification to all your clients tomorrow asking for them to go review you. It will look fraudulent. Um, (laughs) It will set off alarm bells on the internet, and you'll create problems you really don't want. (laughs) So this would be a few things as far as external sites. 
No, that's good because every lawyer who listens to you is going to be like, all right, I'm going to send out an email to all my clients no, and ask no, for a review. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, another thing is if you have the ability to um, send your own customer surveys out to your clients, you know, that's the most ideal. Creating your own uh, system to collect information from your clients. Uh, throughout the process where then you are collecting, summarizing that data and sharing it with your firm is is always a great way and, and most ideal. And you're controlling that. And I would say in that situation, try to send brief surveys and questions to your clients throughout the process, maybe beginning, middle, and end, so that if there are some communication breakdowns, you can as- assess that and adjust for it before the end of your client relationship. That's uh, great suggestions there. Yeah, so don't be too overzealous, but start no. to build into the process slowly, slowly but surely. I was just going to say also, if you're just starting out, really think about what are the the key questions I want to ask and you don't want a survey to be overwhelming. So maybe it's just two or three questions that you're going to be part of your KPIs that you want to start tracking. And then you can develop it more over time. Yeah, absolutely. And people should be able to get those surveys out. There are a ton of good free survey tools out there that you yes. can use. Yes. So here's the biggest question that almost every attorney I've ever consulted with has asked me. And I think this may be like the most uh, the most top of my question for lawyers in this podcast, because there's some fear in going out there and trying to get reviews, because what if you get a bad review? So how do you handle a negative review? Well, you can learn a lot from negative reviews, but you also need to respond and address them. So the first thing I would say is really think through how you'll handle negative feedback before it happens. The more prepared you are in advance, the less likely that you'll go into defensive mode, which will only escalate the situation. Some steps that you could take when you're responding to less than favorable reviews would be express empathy. If you come out guns blazing, you're just going to be a detriment to yourself and look like a bully compared to a client. Uh, Make sure you always stick to the facts and explain how your processes work and how you try to avoid issues without creating more confrontation. Try to make things right People reading your response, if it's done online, will be impressed if they see you taking the high road and trying to make things better. It will create confidence that if something goes wrong, you won't leave people high and dry. And acknowledge any mistakes made by uh, your firm and make a point to say that you're taking steps to correct those mistakes and appreciate someone pointing them out to you so that you can do so. And always offer to take the discussion offline. A private phone call or email can rectify a situation very quickly and certainly get to the bottom of the situation much more efficiently. Uh, The other thing I would just say is that we often grow the most when we fail. I once saw the saying that fail stands for first attempt in learning. And I like to think about that sometimes, which is we can't be so defensive about a negative thing, meaning that we are failures. Instead, we should say, that's something I can learn from to better myself or to better my firm. So if we can look at this as the gift of feedback, rather than being defensive that someone is poking a hole in our process, I think that's a better approach to take. That got pretty deep, Sarah. I tried. enjoyed that. (laughs) So that's, I thought that was a great answer about handling negative reviews. So step one, somebody gives you negative reviews. Don't light them up on the internet, all right? Yes. (laughs) Calm down. Take a moment. Let's know what Sarah just said. So let's spin this a little bit. So you just talked about this attorney's learning from 
negative reviews. So let's think about how they can do that, right? Like how can attorneys use reviews that are not positive or not entirely positive to improve their services that they're already providing, both in terms of like substantive legal services and also process-based services? I'm going to start by giving you an example I pulled from our own ratings and reviews collection that we do. I'm okay. going to I'm going to read to you both sides of a client's feedback on an Ooh, attorney. Story time. Story yes, time. So sit back, relax. So I'm going to start with what the attorney had to say about the client's feedback. Um, the attorney stated, "I won the case for my client, and they received everything they asked for. I don't feel this rating is justified." So they weren't happy because the rating was lower than than what they expect. And and I have to say, our attorneys. Mm-hmm by and far, get wonderful ratings. Uh, but yeah. attorneys also set a very high standard for themselves. If if the scale is 1 to 10, they expect to get a 10. You know, <laughs> yes. 9 is not acceptable. So um, we often hear from attorneys who are frustrated because maybe they received a 7 out of 10. And, you know, legal issues are complicated and challenging, and you can't. it's, it's very difficult to achieve a perfect 10. Um, so this person was a little frustrated. They hadn't received the rating they felt they deserved. They won the case, right? And their client received everything they asked for. So they're thinking, why didn't I get a 10 out of 10? Well, let me read to you the client's comments. The client stated, every step of the process was painful. He didn't return my phone calls. He didn't tell me what to expect. I never knew where we stood on our case. I would not want to work with him or his firm again. So I think that sums up the challenges that attorneys have to really think with the client hat on. What is it that they need at this point at the intake process? What do they need a week after the intake process for follow-up about what we discussed? What do they need before we go to court to know where to meet me at court and how to, where to park and what they should do to prepare? What do they need at the end of the process when it's time to sign the documents or to put something into action what do they need? I think if you can think as if you're the client, it will help you tremendously. Ah, client journeys, everyone. Client, client journeys. Journeys. Speaking of that, if I can. Am do, I right, Sarah? If I can right, give, right? if I can give myself one plug, Jared. Yes. I wrote a three-part. I wrote a three-part blog series on my LinkedIn page about the client journey mapping with a template to create your own client journey map. Well, all right, everybody should go check that Please out. Check that um, out. Thank you. So, do you want to spell your name for people? who are listening and who want to Google this right now? Sure. If you go on LinkedIn, it's Sarah with an H, S-A-R-A-H. Smarage is spelled S, like Sarah, M-E-R-A-G, like goat, E. Get those client journeys together, people. With A-R-A-G, A-R-A-G. Yes. That's an easy one, A-R-A-G. Yes. yes. Now, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce the German I'm not going to either. that acronym. <laughs> but so you know. All yes. right. Thanks, Sarah. That was good stuff as well. So sadly, because we've only got one part left in the show, we've already reached the end of part two of this episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. So while I look for my tractionless Adidas sandals that I love so much, listen to some more words from our sponsors. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com. 
forward slash podcast today. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolv, leave off the e.com. Remember, that's timesolv.com. All right, thanks for coming back one more time. I hope you enjoyed your Ritz crackers and spray Velveeta cheese. Now let's get back to our conversation with Sarah Smirage of Arag, who's talking to me about ratings and reviews for lawyers. All right, Sarah, we've talked a lot about how to get better reviews, how to be a better customer service law firm. So let's talk about workflow because everybody's more efficient, richer, and happier when they use workflows, attorneys included. So how can law firms build effective review collection and maintenance processes into their existing business models? Because I think this is a big challenge for firms. Yeah. Um, I would say attorneys need to take a proactive approach and purposefully embrace the ratings and review process. So it should be part of your everyday procedures like everything else. Follow these steps to jumpstart your participation in ratings and reviews. We mentioned earlier, ideally, you would have a client survey process in place that collects rating reviews for your firm. So that's most ideal is collecting them yourselves um, so that you can manage and share the information directly on your website, which will help you build search engine optimization. We call SEO and build your social value, which is Mm. great to engage clients and future clients. Um, When you're engaging with your client, send brief online surveys. Keep it brief or they won't do it. So if you can't complete that survey in just a (laughs) few minutes, you'll lose them. People are busy. Um, Ideally, it's something that if they popped up that survey link on their mobile phone, they could complete that survey in just a few minutes and provide you, as we discussed earlier, maybe you're getting one KPI metric in the first stage of interaction during intake in that first couple of weeks. Maybe you're trying to measure just one or two KPIs there, and then there's a different KPI you'll survey for midstream in that client journey. Yeah. So don't ever wait till the very end to ask for ratings and reviews. At that point, it's too late to fix something, and um, you might not understand exactly where things went wrong if you wait until the end. Let your client know you value the feedback because it helps you improve the service that you can provide to them and to others, and be sure to mention that your business is built by word of mouth recommendations, which is why their reviews are really vital and important. And for those who don't have a process in place, there are several external lawyer ratings, reviews, and directory sites to choose from. I'd recommend directing your clients to the sites that you frequent where you have some type of a profile or information already and encourage them to go there to rate you, a site where you feel the best you can feel about the types of ratings that people provide for you. And finally, familiarize yourself with the rules related to client reviews. You're responsible for ensuring the use of ratings and information provided in your client feedback is compliant with the ethics rules in your state, and they can vary state to state. So you'll want to make sure you're following the rules where you reside. Very nice. All right. Now, I think you have a lot of inside knowledge on this question, obviously. How do branded networks use ratings and reviews to advantage the attorneys who work for them? Because there are attorneys out there who are working solely on their own, getting their own clients. 
There are attorneys who are working exclusively with branded networks. There are attorneys who work sometimes with branded networks. So how does that process work in terms of ratings and reviews? Because I think a lot of attorneys probably have questions about that. Yeah. So uh, I think when you're working with a branded network, for example, like ARAG, uh, it can really help the solo small practice attorney who may or may not have a real robust customer ratings and review system already in place. Because through your interactions with clients sent to you from ARAG, you can collect ratings and reviews from those clients. And those that information can be uh, applied to your entire firm business. So the information you get back from ARAG clients will point out potentially gaps in your firm that can help you with all of your business. So at ARAG, we're making it easy for our legal insurance plan members to get involved in the ratings and review process. We've been collecting member feedback on every aspect of our plan members' experience for the past decade. And today, ARAG plan members, and we have over a million of them nationwide, can view attorney ratings and reviews on the ARAG legal app. And this feature allows members to read about other members' experiences to help them select an attorney that's a good match for their needs. So let's imagine that you're a solo small practice attorney in California and you're on the ARAG network. We have a number of very, very large employer clients in Southern California with thousands of employees that work for them. And if you're on the ARAG network and you have gotten some great reviews and have a great rating, all those employees who have the legal ARAG legal insurance plan have access to see your profile, your picture, your rating. They can read reviews about you from other ARAG plan members, and that will greatly help your ability to get more business through the private companies like ARAG. All members do is sign in to the ARAG legal app, and they can enter their legal matter and a zip code, and they'll view a list of all the attorneys that practice in the area of law near them. And then they can filter those results based on the attorney's ratings and reviews to find the ones that are the best match for them. And the fact that we share the attorney ratings and reviews behind a secure login for plan members, I feel really provides assurance to our attorneys that those ratings and reviews are very credible. So something I've heard many times from the attorneys that I've that I've met with is they're very apprehensive about ratings and reviews on some external public sites because uh, a few of them have been stalked by members who are not members, but stalked by clients who weren't happy with them. And uh, it's almost like they try to ruin their reputation or something. And um, an attorney has felt, has had bad experiences with that. We've, we've heard a lot of this before in some focus groups that we've had with attorneys on our network. What we did is we put our ratings and reviews information behind a secure member login. And so you would have to be an ROG plan member to actually have access to those ratings and reviews. And you would have to be an ROG plan member who had worked with a certain solo practice attorney to even receive the survey link to give us feedback about that attorney. So it's, it's very much more controlled. And you, if you haven't had an experience with an attorney, you're not going to be able to leave a review about them. Okay, so we're running a little short on time. So will you give me, as my last like substantive question, the like 30-second primer on what legal insurance is and how it works? Well, you're asking a marketer for their elevator speech, so I will do my <laughs> yes, best. Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> All you right, I'll try to get this in 30 seconds. I'll do my best. So uh, ARAG partners with attorneys to provide consumers with affordable, professional legal help. It works a lot like health insurance. People pay a monthly premium, usually less than $20 a month, 
so that when they need legal help, they're connected with an attorney on our network. We pay the attorney directly for all covered legal matters, so the client doesn't have to worry about the varied costs, and the attorney doesn't have to worry about the paperwork, and they don't have to worry about write-offs. So they don't have to collect payment from their client. It's all handled by ARUG. Attorneys can join the network for no fee and start growing their practice with ARUG clients who want help with various legal issues throughout their lives. And what I hear quite often from attorneys is that participation on our network helps provide a needed supplement to their core business. Others tell me it allows them to take on special interest cases because they have a solid base book of business from ARUG. So it's a really great way to close that access to justice gap, find clients who otherwise might not ever even engage with an attorney. We help them determine if they have an issue that needs an attorney's help, and then we connect them with an attorney in their area, and then the rest is up to you. It's your client, and you're off and running. So both Monopoly and ARAG, the company you work for, began in 1935. Sarah, what piece do you choose when you play Monopoly? Has to be the car. Oh, the car. The car. Interesting choice. Yeah. I think this is like a character question for most people. I'm a battleship person myself. Battleship. Well. But I think the car is legit. If I'm playing with my son, he usually grabs the car before me, and then I'm all oh. about the top hat. Oh, the top hat is okay. Yeah, all right. that's a good one. I, I'm feeling that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So as I alluded to previously, we're now at the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. We've been talking with Sarah's marriage of Arag about lawyer ratings and reviews. Now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks again to Sarah's marriage of Arag, who made an appearance today as my guest. She was very brave. So Sarah... Can you tell everyone how they can find out more about ARAG? I sure can. And um, also, I want to tell you that we have an infographic that is all about seven tips to rock your ratings. So can I give you that link as well? Yeah, that's okay. great. I like how it alliterates. Hit me. Yes. So to download the infographic, and it's cool. It's like rock star cool with a guitar and everything. Oh. Go to oh, nice. ARAG Legal. That's A-R-A-G. L-E-G-A-L dot com forward slash rock my ratings. Oh, very nice. Again, com forward slash rock my ratings. To learn more about joining the ROG network and the benefits that you can achieve there, just go to com forward slash attorneys. Thanks again, Sarah. This was great. Great. I'll see you at the Legal Tech Show. Oh, I'll be there. Great. Yes, we'll have to catch up. Yeah. Anybody else who's going to be there, Come find us. And thanks again to Sarah's marriage of Arag. Thank you. Finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. And this has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where our ratings are always five-star. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.